Welcome to episode 52 of the Cake Watch podcast, Steve, on this Europe Day. Happy Europe Day. Herzliche Glückwunsch zu Europatag. Bon fête de l'Europe. Goede Europatag. I can't do any of this. Buona giornata de l'Europa. That was a valiant Well done. That was very good. That was very, that's much better than I could have done, actually. And happy Europe Day to everybody. Uh, happy my Europe name's Day. Steve Bullock. My name's Steve Bullock. I'm an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU. Um, and uh, I'm here with... Chris Kendall. Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> already speaking over you, Steve, and making a mess of the intro. Um, I'm an EU official, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here in a strictly personal capacity. Um, speaking from a little room, a bit tinny. I'm trying to be quiet because there are babies next door, which is why um, I'm not yelling Happy Euro Europe Day as Happy enthusiastically Day. As, as I should. Um, it's very exciting. It's our second Europe Day bro um, broadcast, our second Europe Day podcast. Uh, the difference being that last year we were expecting to be podcasting while we were still in the EU and we planned it. This yeah. year we did not expect to be still in the EU. Plus we didn't. We haven't planned anything, so <laughs> it's just a normal yeah. podcast. Just happens to be on Europe Day, but Happy Europe Day! But and it's fun, and we're still a member of the EU, so it is a Happy Europe Day. Very happy. We should be. We Liverpool, should all be extremely Liverpool, happy. Liverpool and Spurs are still in Europe. We're still in Europe. We're just good at staying in Europe at the moment. It's good. <laughs> it's very exciting. And however down anybody, and however down anybody gets about day to day stuff, everybody should you know everybody should remember that. Uh, we never thought we'd be where we are now, a year ago. When we started this, we certainly didn't think we'd be here. Exactly. We didn't think people would be talking about revocation and uh, referendums and uh, and ways out of this fucking godforsaken mess. And tactical uh, voting in the election. Yeah, we never thought we'd be anywhere near that. So um, Correct. So turn that frown turn that frown upside down and, and be, <laughs> you know, be happy that we are. And... Uh, uh, Let's get some positivity, particularly into the EP elections. You know, this should be a this should be a festival of Europeanness. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, what are we going to talk about on this festival uh, of Europe, Steve? Well, we've got some, well, we've got some follow up first, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, did you listen to last week? Our I did listen to last week. I listened to last week with um, with a going a growing sense of dread for recording this week's podcast because <laughs> what? I thought. It, <laughs> Well, because I thought last week was really excellent and professional and interesting and informative and, you know, probably, what's the word I'm looking for? Better. <laughs> the word I'm looking for. No, I thought it was really, really good. And This is the one with Peter um, Wilding. Yeah, I thought Peter was just a really interesting guest. I was quite jealous that I, I didn't get to be get to be involved in it mm. but i think my sort of interruptions and harping on would have probably made it less of a good podcast anyway if i if i had been well um, it was generously lubricated by a bottle of barolo uh, and then some um cotswold whiskey so that helped <laughs> yeah that's always going to help actually yeah no, was, i really enjoyed it it was a really enjoyable um chat and um i think when you enjoy when when you enjoy it that that um that manifests itself, that comes across in the podcast, doesn't it? Yeah. I, and I, yeah, no, it really does. And I think, I think the, it was very important because I mean, I've always uh, suspected 
the the currents and eddies within the within the Tory party, but not known enough to, you know, to really think anything too firm about it. And hearing it from, hearing this account of it, of the different tribes and um, the way in which different tribes assume primacy in it um, at different times was just incredibly, incredibly interesting. The other thing that came over for me, which was a bit of a surprise for me, is what came over is the necessity of having a moderate centre-right party yeah. in politics. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, okay, <laughs> I'm not the kind of person that goes around voting for moderate centre-right parties by any means. Quite but lots of people do. That's why moderate centre-right parties are generally in government. Exactly. And if, you're, and if, you're, if your moderate centre-right party ceases to be a moderate centre-right party, it, it creates a vacuum and that instead of that getting filled where it sits, it gets it gets pulled about and pulled mm. to the right, as we've seen with the Tory party and yeah. with UKIP and um and now the Brexit Party. Um <clears throat> and yeah, I mean I I I hadn't necessarily thought of politics in those in those terms of the, the, the necessity of, of of that kind of party. I mean and of course I mean most of you most of Europe has that sort of party. Exactly. I mean, it, it's ridiculous that the UK, UK voters in this election don't have the option of voting for the group that is likely to be the largest group in the European Parliament, that is to say the European People's Party, which is centre-right. On Change, Change UK are going to join the EPP, no? Well, that's, that's, not, that's not confirmed as is far as I'm aware. confirmed? Okay. Um, and and I, I'd heard various rumours... Uh, I think I might even have been responsible for the rumour about the EPP. Um, but no, I, d I don't think that's that's necessarily the case at all. Uh, I'd say it really, it really should be clear before the election. Well, it really I mean, wants I, to be, I really, think it? It I really think it should be given, clear which grouping any party is going to be. Absolutely, in. and we'll come to that. But, I mean, given that one of the key points about the election is that, in, in theory at least, we're supposed to be um, voting also for Spitzenkandidaten to, to be the commission president, um, you know... <laughs> Um, yeah. it, it's important to know whether you're voting for Manfred Weber or, you know, <laughs> or not. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a really good chat. I really, I really enjoyed our, our chat and, uh, so did a lot of, um, listeners because we got lots of very positive feedback. Um, and I've just got one tweet here that I wanted to mention, which is, um, uh, Nick Tolhurst, um, <laughs> listener and friend of the podcast. Uh, is betting me a shiny new 50 euro <laughs> note to the charity of my choice that um, that Peter is correct in his prediction that May will be gone. Because I had I had a subsequent conversation with somebody on Twitter where, and it was Steve Pierce actually, it was Steve Pierce mm. um, where we were saying, well, you know, she, she's just going to cling on, you know, after the, um, you know, okay, so 15th of June, Tory, part, Tory party local associations are going to have a vote of confidence in her, which she's going to lose. Um, so what happens then? And and my question was, well, is there any obligation on her part to leave? Is it, does, is it a statutory thing? And I was like, no, no, it's purely, it's purely, uh, it's an, an it's an advisory vote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in which case, she's going to ignore it um, yeah. and stay. Um, and did did just before I give a view on this, did Steve Piers agree with you about that? I uh, can't remember. Did he take the same position? Well, I think he was just commenting on the legality of on, on the on the whether or oh, not okay. the vote was uh, was binding in any way. 
Uh, well, that's I a shame. I could have, I could have been, I could have guaranteed I was right by just agreeing with Steve. That would have been well. That would have been much easier than having to think about it. But well, I haven't, I haven't taken Nick up on his bet because I think, I think <laughs> it's like it may well be uh, the case that she's gone by where by July. Mm. I think by July. Mm, I'm not sure she'll be gone by. I July. don't, I don't think so. I think she'll keep going. I, as I've said before, I think that she, what she does is she. Uh, gets it gets through the day and if you do that every day you stay in power and i think i think she'll i think she'll stay in power i don't i think she she has the only way to remove her is to remove is to is to actively remove her i don't think any advisory vote or any of that sort well, of nonsense makes the slightest bit of difference fireman's lift out of the building well <laughs> well yeah i mean <laughs> in political in political terms yes absolutely Drag kicking and screaming um and the uh, i mean yeah, well, why why would she? Um, well, we, we, I think the crunch point's going to be the immediate aftermath of the election. So we'll know on sort of twenty fourth, twenty fifth of. Well, today. Yeah, but, but no, they, hang on a minute. They're not, they're, not, they're not even. Sorry, go on. I don't know how. I, I no, no, go on. I'd, uh, so my, my question was whether when they're announced. Yeah, don't don't we wait until Sunday so that everybody else gets to vote? And then we only hear the results on Sunday, or am I, am I imagining I don't, that? I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. I think you, I think you might be right, but we need to check. Yeah. But I, I don't think the votes will make any difference to May, to be yeah. honest. I mean, the Conservatives are hardly campaigning in it. Yeah, they'll pretend and it doesn't it's, matter. It's, it's, it's a virtual boycott, and they'll just pretend yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a massacre for them anyway, and always and was always going to be. That's why they went to such lengths to try and avoid them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I, I don't see that it makes a, a kind, kind of vast amount of vast amount of difference mm. to the Tories. To be honest, they'll get a humping, yeah, but they're always going to. So yeah, so maybe the June date is more significant, but then I don't see that as being particularly significant either. If if there's no force behind it, purely no, no. You know. So yeah, so so now Peter was very persuasive. And in the way that he is on the podcast last week where he was saying, oh, no, no, she'll be gone one way or the other and we'll either have a general election or we'll have uh, a new hard right leader that will prompt dozens of defections to change UK. Now, mm. in, in the cold light of day, <laughs> I felt that, that maybe I didn't quite agree with him. I felt that was a little bit optimistic or... or but I mean, he—he he is. I mean, he—he's the insider. So, uh, just generally, though, I mean, the constant threat. Oh, they're not even threats, but the, the constant prospect of people of people resigning and leaving parties and switching parties. Okay, Change UK did it. Others could have gone with them at the time. I mean, nothing's really changed. Mm. Nothing will have really changed from then. Um, and we, I mean, we're seeing it now with Labour as well. We, I mean, we'll come on to their manifesto. No, mm. not a single resignation as a result of the manifesto. Mm. Um, everyone continuing as normal, pivoting perfectly to a slightly different, a different line yeah. to take. Um, and I think we, I think we underestimate the loyalty to party. I mean, we'll come on. We're going yeah. I think we're going to talk about well, this later. But I think we yeah. underestimate the loyalty to the loyalty to parties because I think that the people's. People's view, you know, if you take someone like Justin Greening, who you'd expect to be one of the people to yeah. resign under those circumstances, you know, she thinks it's she would, I would imagine, think that it's it's her party and her party's being subverted, yeah. and she's not going to let them have it, and that's why, you know, and that's why people don't don't resign. Yeah. 
until it becomes untenable or, or, or they view it that it's impossible that they ever could get it back. Um, it's a weird thing about parties. So, um, well, it's it yeah, I'm just not, I'm not convinced that there's going to be these kind of 30, 30 people crossing the floor if, uh, if, if the wrong person becomes leader. I'm just not convinced by it. So. No, I, I, I think you're right. Um, let's, maybe we should talk about it because, um, Brendan Donnelly, um, said something I thought well, that was interesting. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He's very good. Brendan. Um, so Brendan is, um, he's a former MEP. Um, he's former labor, isn't he? MEP. Isn't he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Well, I, I, Brendan, I hope we haven't we'd done the disservice. We'd yeah. Check. yeah. We'd better check that actually. <laughs> but, um, he, he's now a director of the federal trust for education and research. So Brendan, um, made an interesting point because I, I was tweeting that I, I a friend of mine had uh, pointed me in the direction of some tweets from various Beaconsfield conservatives. So Beaconsfield being my home constituency in the UK and it's Dominic Greaves' constituency. Mm. And um, a, a number of activists in the local conservative association have been trying to deselect uh, Dominic Greaves, as we know, and, and they're trying again. Some of them former UKIP members. As well. Some of them uh, former UKIP. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely been some entryism, but it's not just entryism. I mean, there's also some some local sort of headbangers trying to do this and um, they're, they're, they're at it again. Um, and Brendan made, makes the point, which I think is a very fair point, which is that um, Dominic Grieve no longer has anything in common with the, with the Tory party. Um, and it makes good sense for him to be deselected. It's too late. This is Brendan. Brendan's tweet. It's too late for people like Dominic Grieve credibly to claim that they can usefully represent their beliefs within the Conservative Party. Well, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. It's no longer the broad church that it used to be. Um, no, no, absolutely. But what what that doesn't um, what that doesn't address is the the the, the scary, almost faith based <laughs> nature yeah. of political parties in the UK, especially given our particular um, political system and, and, and how difficult it is to um, break the, 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 the party mold. Um, yeah. You know, so, I mean, while he's correct, I think that philosophically um, the party that Dominic Grieve represents is no longer the party that is in government. Yeah. Um, Emotionally, of course, it is, and emotionally, Dominic Grieve, somebody like Dominic Grieve, who who w will feel uh, a sense of belonging and loyalty that goes way beyond the the political and the philosophical to this party, you know, and that's and and, and the same, of course, is true for people on the other side, for for, for, for people in the Labour Party, as again, as we'll discuss. So, I mean, there's some, there's something that is a uh, and you see watching politics that you have party people and non-party people, you know, for each party. And as an, I'm very much a non-party person. I mean, I, I didn't join a political party until after the 2016 referendum. Um, <clears throat> and when I joined one, it was be because, of, because of their stance on Brexit primarily, actually, and their stance on uh, Scottish independence as well. Mm. Um, I'm a member of the SNP. <clears throat> but, I mean, I would leave if 
if they took a if they took a fundamental position on well, actually either of those questions that I thought was that that, um, uh, that, that I that I disagreed with, they took a pro Brexit stance, or they look to do a deal with the uh, yeah say they say they look to do a deal to get a uh, to get agreement from uh, the government to have an independence referendum in return for supporting a withdrawal agreement, I would leave that day. I mean, I would leave that, that second without a, a second thought. Mm. Um, because it would, no longer, it would no longer represent a, 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 a core belief and a core, core objective. So, I mean, to me, the, to me, political parties are voluntary sectional associations. I mean, mm. they're organisations with a secretariat, uh, with a mem- with a subscription fee, uh, with a leadership and a set of and a and a rule book and bank accounts, and so, and, and and so on. And you know, when an organisation ceases to be in line with your be- beliefs, you, you you cease to you cease to support it. Mm. I mean, I, I maybe I take a oh, who was it? Who was a trumpeter who said that you know, revenge of democracy was akin to a market where uh, the, the the parties are the seller and the uh, voters are the buyer, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's taking that too far, but I—I I mean, I get that it's wrapped up with. It's I get that people think it's wrapped up with, or or it is wrapped up with people's identity and their history and and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, everybody has stuff like that. I'm a, I I play mainly Fender guitars. I'm sitting in a room full of Fender guitars. I absolutely love Fender. I love the history of Fender. I love I love their guitars. Um, they're a huge part of what. You know uh, what, who who I am, and so on. Fender start, started using unsustainable woods, or breaking uh, breaking environmental laws, or uh, acting in a discriminatory fashion. I would stop buying them in an instant, and I would happily denounce them. And I don't. I mean, it seems to be a sort of faith based faith based thing. And um, well, it's, it's 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 you can't have faith in an organization. Yeah, but it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's not faith just faith; it's also family. It's family, you, you get that, because it's made up of its members. Listen, before we carry this on, I have to go back and correct something very important, which also rather explains uh, Brendan's position. So Brendan, we, we, Brendan were, right. we, were, we were totally wrong. <laughs> so, okay. so not only was he not a Labour MEP, <laughs> he was a Tory MEP who left and then became a Liberal Democrat because he okay. because he fell out with the with the party, and then he stood so everything but a Labour exactly. Well, right. but not only that, but also he 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 did precisely what he's suggesting Dominic Grieve should do. So he is, if you like, the exception to the rule, uh, yeah. and so therefore it's very understandable the position that he's taking. So, boy, sorry about that, Brennan. We really should have known that. Um, I sh- I, sh- I should have known that. Um, but um, yeah, no. In fact, Brendan stood in 2014. Re- he says reading Wikipedia. <laughs> I was going to say you'd think you'd read Wikipedia before doing yeah. the fucking podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. These guys little, are amateurs. A little, <laughs> little bit embarrassing, but no. He stood in 2014 for um, uh, a. a what it's called the Four Freedoms Party, so the UK EPP. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a legend! So yeah, in um, the unlikely event that he's listening to this, sorry. No, but I, I, I take the point about it being about it being family again. Everybody has things like this, you know. I'm in bands. Yeah. Um, you, when you're in a band with someone, you you become incredibly close to them, and there's an incredible relationship of trust. You know, you're on stage 
and you, you're trusting each other not to hang each other out for dry to dry and to look after each other and cover each other's mistakes and you know, I mean, it's a real, uh, it's a real band of brothers or sisters being on being on stage with a band. But you leave bands, and it's a shame, and you're sad about yeah, it. Yeah, but it's like a divorce, isn't it? And that's, I think, what I think that's the thing. I think when people, for for somebody like Dominic Grieve to leave the Conservative Party, or for somebody like uh, Mike Gapes to leave the Labour Party, that is not something that can be easily done. That I mean, I look. No, okay, look. Oh, look I, I'm not look. saying it's, I'm not saying it's trivial. I'm saying it's not. I'm saying that, that there's there are lots of things in life that are that, yeah, are, but that it, are like this. It, it's 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 um, difficult. It's difficult. It's 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 it like a, it's like a kind of bereavement. So now look. Okay. No, I I. <laughs> who said standing up for your principles was going to be easy? So who said, who said it was going to be easy? So I have been a member of every mainstream UK political party except UKIP. Um, Even the Tories. <laughs> when I was a student. Yeah, I was. I know. I know. I know. When you were a student, when I was a student. Have you possibly? I, I made a very strange. Um, I've made a very strange reverse journey through life. <laughs> I grew oh, up in. I grew up in an, in an insanely conservative area, and had it came from quite a conservative family. And um, yeah, I was a teen Tory. It was terrible, and um, left. Ghastly. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Now you see, but everyone, what I'm saying every, is, every, it's well, my, every, every party person hearing you say that will instantly think, "Fucking traitor!" Doesn't mean the no, doesn't know the meaning of loyalty. But that's right? what I was about to say. The point is, for me, party politics isn't about family. But that's because I've never been an activist, or I've never spent long enough in a party, or got invested enough in a party to become part of the family. To to to, to be, you know, to to invest emotionally. For me, it's always been about. Well, I believe in being an active member of um, an, an engaged, a politically engaged member of society. And that means you uh, engage also with party politics. So you look for the party that best represents you, understanding, exactly. understanding that none of them is going to be a perfect match. And then you join and you become and you become involved because how else? Are you supposed to act as a, as, as an as an engaged yeah, citizen? Absolutely. So for me, it's never been about loyalty and family and and, and emotion. It's always been about well, I have uh, I, I think a duty, a moral duty to be engaged in politics and and and, and join a political party. So well, I scan around and say, well, which political party party just best best represents me? And 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 I've been and that's that's where I go. So I've, I've ended yeah, up. So I, went, I left. You know. So I left the. Hmm. Um, I left the Tory party. I became a Lib Dem. I I, I left the Lib Dem and became Labour. I, I left Labour became Green. Um, and uh, yeah. But the but the parties <laughs> change yet. <laughs> but the parties, you know, taking them collectively as organisations, the parties don't feel that way about you. They don't feel that your family. Uh, they feel that you're there for the to assist in the perpetuation of the party. Um, and that's the prime. That's the primary objective. I'm there and get to the receive their junk email. And get, the, and get some, 
and get support and get support for the party. You, 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 it's 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 a function, functional thing. And okay, the 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 parties have the parties have a mission to promote certain values, but the fundamental thing is what the good of the is what the good of the party is. And and any organisation has to act in that way. I'm not blaming them for doing that. Any organisation has to act in that way, otherwise the organisation itself will fail. But <laughs> um, activists and supporters of all parties don't seem to don't seem to have any sort of recognition of this. Um, that that it, it you are not its family. You're you're paying you're a paying member of it. Um, and as we see all over social media with Corbynistas, if if you don't like it, fuck off and join the other party. It's a bit um, like I mean, it, that's, the me- that's the message that's that's the message that's given all the time. I mean, I find this this sort of slavish slavish devotion to what a, and 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 the moral maneuverability, the, the the willingness to reverse ferret and say things that you know fucking aren't true because the party says it is is absolutely fucking. It's a pox. It's an absolute pox on 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 on, on public life, in my view. And we've seen this. This whole thing is due to party is due to party politics bullshit. The internal internal wranglings of one of one party, and the desire to sustain the party uh, against uh, the Conservative Party against uh, against the far against UKIP, and maintain vote maintain vote share against it. And that's what led to all, that's what led to all of this. And then the Labour Party's response has been positioning and try and I mean, is anybody not on the any organisation not on the fucking make about this and trying to simply extract advantage out of it? Um, I, I think it's, I really do. I, I, I think really that agree that's with Rufo that it's a, it's a, excessively it's, it's, it's a pox be, on the body politic. To be honest with you, Steve, I think that it's um, I think that it, they, these there are parallels with brands, so. You can look at, for example, the way um, a company like Apple operates, um, where um, its management, its senior leadership um, are looking at maximizing shareholder value, whereas its fan base get quite emotional about it. And, you know, um, but the the leadership of the of the Conservative Party, the leadership of the of the Labour Party, they're not interested in maximising shareholder value. They they kind of are the the, the soul of the party, or they see themselves as, as that. And it's it, it, it's it's different. So it has no soul. It's an organisation. Sorry, no, I'm sorry. It has no it has no soul. It's bullshit. The it happens to have a continuity of organisation of brand of secretariat of establishment. You know, but it's 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 like the uh, oh, it's like that old only fools and horses joke about the broom. You know, when Trigger gets an award for having had had the same broom for fifteen years, and he's only had ten new shafts and fifteen new brushes. You know, it's 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 an organisation constituted by law. I mean, I, I, I find it I find it bonkers that you can have loyalty above consequences. Above the actual outcomes, above the consequences, above the principles. The first principle. Is always is always the good of the party. I, I find this absolutely. I find this absolutely bonkers, and it, frankly, absolutely irrational. Because it may be irrational, if you, but if, it, if, it, you th- it, if you think the if you think the party is the only answer to things, it's it's only an answer to that because of the because of the policies it has and because of the outcomes it pursues. If it ceases to if it ceases to pursue policies and outcomes which are good, then it's then it ceases to be good. It doesn't matter what it's what its logo or its name yeah, but Steve, I mean, that, that's a reductivist view. I mean, you can say that all you like. The fact remains that people are emotionally attached to it and that it, it, it's greater than the sum of its parts. And that is the problem 
that we have in party politics. That's why people yeah. do what they do, and that's why we, these things are that's so difficult to shift. That's why I think it's a pox on... I think people drink party Kool-Aid. I think it's a pox yeah. on it. That's why I think it's a pox on, on, on well, uh, yeah. public life. It's not unclear to me how you do it differently. I mean, this is, this is the challenge now being faced by Change UK, for example. I mean, yeah, everybody absolutely. acknowledges that, you know, everybody, um, a very significant number of people acknowledge that the UK's political system is broken uh, and that there needs to be some radical shake-up of the party structures, uh, but nobody knows how to do it. Because no, no, quite. It, there's such um, a, a high degree of oh, what's the word? I always forget this bloody word. Inertia. I don't know what the word is. Inertia. There's a word. No, but it it, it 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 is really hard to shift. It's really hard to shift this um, this, this, this structure. This, this yeah, yeah. And we have a constitution which doesn't actually. <laughs> We have a we have a constitution which, on the whole, isn't you know based necessarily on the existence of parties. Um, you know, it's whether you can command a majority. It's ne- for example, it's not necessarily uh, whether it's a single a single party or not. And actually, other constitutions, and we see in the in the in the votes in the uh, votes for the EP elections as well. You know, it's actually based on the existence of parties, which I've, I mean, I, which I, I have a particular dislike for giving them a special sort of special status but as you say i mean i don't i don't necessarily see a uh i don't necessarily see an alternative but um well i mean the alternative is for people for for people to act in a less faith-based and more rational more rational kind of way would be my would be my argument i mean it's but but the response to that like i mean my my mum's a minister a religious minister and my my I'm sure party people, if they're listening to this, will be saying, that's because you don't get it, which is exactly what my mum says like, when let, things come down to faith, you know? Let, let's talk about a different faith. Um, let's talk about football. You mentioned it earlier. Look at a, look at a football team. Uh, now, a football team is generally owned by, usually in the UK at least, is owned by somebody rich who owns that club because it's a way of making money. And the club can just like Trigger's Broom, can change entirely over the course of 10 years. You can change all the players, you can change the manager, you can change the stadium, you can change the owner, you can change everything. What you don't change is the fan base and the emotional culture that exists around it. And it's much more than a money-making organisation to to the fans, isn't well, they're it? Gen- well, they're generally, they generally don't make money either, but... Um not quite though, because there's a limit to how much there's a limit to how much you can change. And we saw this when Wimbledon became MK dot moved moved to Milton Keynes. They moved geographically and moved to Milton Keynes. And we saw the the approbation for them and the and the support drop off. And in fact, AFC is it Wimbledon FC hmm. was set up as a replacement starting out in the bottom league and has been very yeah, successful. Okay, but there you go. Yeah. But that's a bit like that. Yeah, okay, so there you go. That's that would be for no, example so if the Labour Party that... left and became um, became Change UK. I mean, it, but there is something it, that would stop them, and the there, DNA. But there is something, no, but there is something that would there is some something that would stop them doing it, and and, and the geographic move was the one. Um, but also, uh, crowd the the crowds change as, as a result of the su- success or other, and the conduct of the of of the team. You saw this with Sunderland. Sunderland used to fill its massive was a forty stadium of light, forty odd thousand seater stadium. Um, it gets relegated and it's mismanaged, and people stop going. Um, now they might still describe themselves as as, uh, as as Sunderland supporters, 
that's you know the thing you the thing you grew up with the thing that's part of your identity and so on but people stop voting for them people stop going to the matches which is the equivalent of voting for them here um and people stop defending and people stop defending them and also <laughs> the analogy only i mean okay i was the first using the analogy of a, of a company but the analogy only goes so far because this the, the results of this are not the income or otherwise of a, of a of a company or a football club. The results of this are the future of the fucking country right now, in particular. Um, and for that to for 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 that to take for party loyalty to take precedence over over that, I find is I find absolutely we're, bonkers. We're discussing we're discussing this in the context of Brexit, and Brexit is essentially uh, a nationalist spasm. It's about people's. Uh, irrational emotional attachment to something that they consider to be uh, a tribe and 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 that's exactly the problem that we have with our political parties yes. i mean it's, yeah. it's basically it it's yeah. yeah it's just on a different you know it's it scaled up so the 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 problem that we have with our politics is the problem that we have with the country is the is brexit so i mean yeah <laughs> you know. no 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 that's an excellent point that's a very good point absolutely no, no, I very much take that. So, should we talk about manifestos. Labour? Yeah, yeah. Well, there were two manifestos released today. One was the SNP manifesto, mm. uh, which said says exactly what you'd expect it to do, to to say, mm. uh, which is that they oppose Brexit. Wasn't it the Greens um, today as well? Wasn't it? It was also the Greens today, which yeah. also opposes Brexit, and there was the Labour Party manifesto. Now we knew that we knew <clears> what the contents were going to say, but we didn't know what the words were necessarily going to be until mm. until today, and we have the. We have the words now. Mm. Um, shall, I, shall I? Yeah, go on. Shall, shall I read them out? Yeah. Um, so there's a bit about um, the uh, what a Labour Brexit deal uh, could bring. We've talked about that in the past, and uh, the unlikelihood of getting central, mm. of, of, of of achieving central planks of it. Um, and then it says we believe such a deal could bring our country back together and deliver on the result of the referendum. However, the government has refused to listen and compromise. They've spent more of the last three years arguing among themselves and negotiating a good deal for the people of Britain. Labour will continue to oppose the government's bad deal or a disastrous no deal. And if we can't get agreement along the lines of our alternative plan or a general election, Labour backs the option of a public vote. So that's the section on, uh, on, on Brexit. So my view on this is that it isn't the fudge. Everyone keeps talking about Labour fudge. And it's become a sort of uh, a sort of orthodoxy that Labour's position is a fudge, and it and it, it isn't. Its position on uh, uh, a public vote is a is a fudge. Mm. There's no doubt about that. But actually, the priorities are completely clear. That a Labour Brexit is a good Brexit. Um, the government's deal and no deal are bad. Um, so the priorities are agreement with the government on Labour's, Labour's alternative Brexit plan or a general election and then instituting Labour's, obje- Labour's alternative Brexit plan are the priorities. And if those two can't be achieved, then they'd back the option of a public vote. Although, as David Allen Green pointed out, it's really not clear what the word option is doing in that sense mm. <laughs> and what it brings to it. So I think it's quite clear that where the fudge is, is... Um, when the backing of a public vote could happen, because you can, I mean, the the, the possibility of there being a general election never disappears. Mm. There could be a general election called uh, tomorrow. There could be a vote of no confidence um, and a general election called two weeks later. Um, 
okay, you can argue that the uh, uh, the chances of a deal with the government could disappear, uh, but the chances of a general election don't. So this gives, in my view, this gives this gives cover to always be able to say, well, we were trying to get a general election, and that was our first priority. Mm. Uh, I think that there's always cover there, particularly as we know that time's needed for a referendum, what, 20, 22 weeks. Um, and we also know that it's not nailed on that EU27 will agree to endless rolling extensions. Mm. And there's already lots of opposition we're hearing about. I mean, I think they probably would extend this time, but it's, it's, it's nowhere, near, nowhere near clear. And then the second bit is that it obviously doesn't say what a public vote would be on. Mm. Um, and it says they've rejected no deal, yeah. which is a good thing, but then they've rejected the government's deal as well. So yeah. you have to ask what a public vote would would be on. So there is yeah. fudge on... So there's a lot of fudge on that, but there's not a lot of fudge on what the priority is. The priority is delivering Brexit. Yeah. And that's clear from what Corbyn said, said today as well. Yeah. And it's clear in black and white. Um, <laughs> So, for anyone going around saying that Labour isn't Labour's priority, <laughs> Labour, Labour is a Remain party, I'm afraid that is just not true. Um, it's not what is in the manifesto. You can pretend it is if you want for yourself, but yeah. I'd rather you didn't pretend no, this, it was this people, is, frankly. And, this is, and I, I've also got an issue with people who personalise all this on Corbyn. Now, I'm not a big fan of Corbyn, um, and he is, to me, patently um, pro-Brexit. Um, but the idea that it would all go away if he were not leader, I think, is just not correct. I think look at look at look at recent history. Look, even you know Ed Miliband um, is a, a powerful pro-Europe voice uh, from the backbenches. Um, but when he was leader, um, and the, the 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 coalition, the 2010 coalition, um, was making a real mess. In the context of the euro crisis um, and 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 the Greek the, the Greece issue, um, I, I wrote um, I wrote an open letter to him uh, to Ed Miliband in 2012, uh, which is up on my blog. And I remember I sent it to a few people that I know, sort of Labour Party insiders, because I wanted I wanted this to. You know, it, I saw the opportunity for Labour to take uh, an explicitly pro-EU position and um, create some distance between themselves and the Tories on this mm. and, and, and take a leadership role. And, of course, they, 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 they've never done that. No. They've never done even under Tony Blair. I mean, Tony was at least, you know, he... he but what did he spend his political capital on? He spent it on, on, on Iraq. He didn't spend it on Europe. And, you know, that Labour has never in its entire history been uh, a, an explicitly and openly and actively comfortably yeah. pro-European party. Yeah. I mean, le less so than the Tories even. So yeah. this isn't new. Um, now, generally, you know, you can live with that because um, – it, it, at least our continued mem membership of the EU was was not was not seriously questioned since the days of Michael Foot. Uh, mm. Again, let, let's not forget there was there was it was a, a time in the not too distant past where it was actually on uh, the Labour Party manifesto was we're going to leave the EU or the European Community yeah. as it was. Yeah. But um, okay, so since um, since the nineties at least 
Labour has never run on an explicitly let's leave the EU platform until now. Now, well, they are, aren't they? They are, yeah. I mean, the same we, we'll you know, deliver, referendum we should clear. deliver we should Brexit. leave on, the, on, on, yeah, we should deliver Brexit. So, you know. Yeah, the question's just about what kind of what yeah. kind of Brexit. So it's, it's, a, also worth, it's also worth noting that the kind of Brexit they want is not is not even least damaging here, yeah. um, because of freedom of, because of the the unwillingness to embrace freedom of movement. I mean, you you know, we've all agreed you could have a, you could have there is a least damaging version of Brexit. It's still damaging, still damaging in lots of ways. Has democratic deficits in. Um, in appalling ways, mm. um, but you could remain mem- a member of the single market and and a customs union, mm. and that's not the that's not the Labour Party policy. Labour mm. Party policy is still stringing along people with mm. talk about a close relationship to the single market mm. um, yeah. to, to to appease xenophobes. Frankly, yeah. is yeah. what it, is what is to do. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely, it's a pro Brexit manifesto, yeah. and it's got some easy to get out of fudges. Yeah. So yeah, um, so I mean, I, you know, so it is, it is, it is, re- it is disappointing to see people like Andrew Adonis who, who, but and let, let Andrew, Andrew has form, you know. I mean, he's a politician. He's a politician, and he, let's not forget, was um, before he he came out so strongly as a voice for Remain. He was effectively, despite being a Labour peer. He was a member of the Tory government. He was advising the Tory government on on various transport and business matters. And that's why he didn't say anything at all during the referendum campaign and immediately after the referendum campaign. It's only when he left the government or left the role with government, he wasn't in government, but he left the role with government, that he then decided that he would be able to speak out. And, you know, so look, I think it's wrong of us to get too focused on on individuals, you know, He's a politician, and and he, he's doing what politicians do. But isn't, he's, it is difficult to hear him say, "If you want to remain, you have to vote for the Labour Party." Labour's the only realistic option for for, for Remainers. When it's clearly you can't, not. Vote. it's not a Remain party. It's no, we absolutely. know we've been here. You know, fool me once. You know, fool me twice. You, they used any. They used votes for Labour to uh, to justify Brexit. Yeah, and and it's in the man it's in the manifesto. This is the plan is that this is the last manifesto before on current planning before Brexit. They say they want a general election. I mean, you can't you can't presume that in a general election manifesto it's going to say anything different no, to this. Yeah. You presume that it would say the, yeah, that it exactly. would say the same thing as this. Yes. Um, that they want a Labour that they want a Labour Brexit. I mean, look. As you know, I've, I've worked with Labour MEPs, and I'm a huge admirer of of, of Labour MEPs and yeah, some of the people who who aren't MEPs who are standing. We've had we've had had them on uh, had some on the on the podcast before, but uh, at a certain point, it's it's being dishonest. Yeah, you can say, "Look, I'm I'm pro Europe all you want," but the manifesto says Brexit should happen, mm. and if you say a vote for Labour is a vote against Brexit, when you're on a manifesto saying Brexit should happen, I'm really sorry, guys, but you're, you're being dishonest if you say that. Well, look, I mean, and, I, have, I, have, I have every sympathy for sorry. individuals who are standing for the Labour Party and who think that maybe, you know, uh, from the inside they can do something to shift the Labour Party. I mean, that's fine, yes, but, I I bet, but as voters, I as voters, I cannot recommend that voters... Vote, vote, vote for the Labour Party this time. I, can't, I just can't. But, but it's, a, it's a little bit. It's a little bit more than that. You shouldn't mislead the electorate. I, I've 
I have huge sympathy for for the for the people involved as well. I understand the difficult position that. Well, frankly, I think that I mean I, my view is that they've walked chin first into it as well, but they are where they are. Um, but if you if you say a vote for Labour is a vote against Brexit, when the manifesto says that the priority is to deliver deliver a form of Brexit, you're being dishonest to the you're being dishonest to the population. I'm sorry, you are particularly in a party list election. Mm. I mean, particularly when you when you when you're standing on. On a party, on primarily a, a, a party, a party ticket here, mm. um, and it's been. All, I think it's awful. It's awful to see the selfies and the videos uh, of, of this. I mean, I, I find it deeply. I find it. I find it really upsetting. And I, I think. Don't get me wrong. I think they've been put in this position quite deliberately by the Labour leadership as well. Um, but they don't have to go along with it. And it's a choice to go. It's a choice to go along with it. Well, again, I'm, I'm not going to. You know, what people are going to do, what they're going to do. But um, when it comes to my decision as a voter and my advice to friends and and and, and those who are interested in what my thoughts are, I, I, I can't recommend a, a vote for Labour. I just can't. No, absolutely. You know? and that, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you, okay, uh, well, probably later we can talk about updating our recommendations on on, on tactical voting. Uh, in fact, there's a few things to say about that. But um, as things stand, uh, no, um, I can't. I can't recommend a vote for Labour. And you know what? Really, really, fucking bores my piss. People like Owen Jones saying, yes. you know, what if you if you if you don't vote Labour, you're effectively voting for Farage. Fuck off. You know Fuck how off. dare he? Absolutely. That really Still fucking angers me. You know what? Labour do not have an automatic right to the vote to the votes of progressives. You know, no. you don't get a you don't. You don't have a right to my vote. If you don't have a platform that I can support, then I am not going to vote for you. You know, you're the ones who moved away from me. I didn't move away from you. You're the ones who took away, uh, you know, uh, my platform, which is remaining in the EU. And if you're not going to support remaining in the EU, then you can't expect my vote. And if that no. lets Farage in, that's not my fault. That's your fault. Christ, if you can't even support freedom of movement... You can't, I mean, seriously? You, can't claim, you can't claim to be... You can't say, well, you know, yeah, you're letting Farage in, you know, because you're not voting for us who have effectively aped Farage, who have been shifted. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we have, we are moving in Farage's direction because we're frightened of Farage and you're voting against us for that and that's letting Farage in? Fuck off with that, yeah. you know, seriously. So I'm, I've got... No, absolutely that, true. that makes me exceptionally angry when I hear, I hear stuff like that. Really. Yeah, no, no, it really does. And in a European context as well, you know, the idea that the the socialists are the only anti-fascist force in Europe um, is completely painful. Well, exactly, and that's it. So now, in a in a, in a previous uh, when we discussed this previously, um, I, I I made the point which I feel strongly about, which is that you know this is an uh, show respect for European democracy. Vote in this as an election, not as a proxy referendum. And I still feel strongly that 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 that, that you shouldn't be voting. Um, in this, thinking that this is a, it, it's not a referendum. We don't want it to be the referendum. We will be the losers if it is treated as a referendum. And it, it, it is not, it is doing disservice to European democracy. But that said, you have options. If you want to vote for a progressive European parliament, um, you don't have to necessarily vote for the Labour Party if the Labour Party aren't representing what you want. And if you are voting for the Labour Party and they're running on a Brexit platform, 
then how is that going to help deliver a progressive Europe? Because if Indeed. the MEPs that you elect are just going to disappear after a couple of months, well, then that's not going to help, is it? Whereas, you know, you can vote for a Remain progressive party, like the Green Party, and... Or the SNP. Or the SNP. And they... Um, applied. They will, be, they will be standing on a platform of remaining in the EU and influencing the EU throughout the lifetime of the next parliament. So, you know, and, 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 and ditto on the, on the Spitzenkandidat thing. So, um, so the Spitzenkandidat pro, pro, process is whereby um, the political groups in the European Parliament nominate uh, one of their own, um, a politician from their group, to be the president of the European Commission. Now, it's, it's, it's not yet <laughs> baked into European mm -hmm. law that that's what happens. The council will say that this is purely advisory. <laughs> and, uh, um, but um, one argument that I made earlier was that, well, look, you know, if you want to influence the choice of European um, Commission president, then, you know, um, you're looking basically at either the SND, that's to say the progressives candidate, Franz Timmermans, or the EPP, the centre-right candidate, uh, that's Manfred Weber. Um, so you might want to vote, vote Labour on that basis. Well, um, again, just as, as, as I said just now, um, if your uh, Labour MEPs um, are all disappearing uh, on the 31st of October, the night before the new commission president is installed, <laughs> the night then it's literally. unlikely that they're going to influence the choice of that commission president as the point that you've made, I think, fairly. But secondly... Um, the way that the process, I don't know the precise details of how the process works, but my understanding is that um, there will be uh, a series of ballots and the uh, and it'll eventually be whittled down to the two to two candidates, which means to say, I mean, if you if you voted for a, a, a green MEP, if you've got a green MEP representing you in the European Parliament, when their green Spitzenkandidat fails to come through the the round of voting the round, yeah. they will then vote for somebody else well they're not going to vote for Weber are they they're going to vote no, for Franz exactly. Timmermans yeah. so you're, you're, you're not losing that vote you're still getting to influence the thing so so you know if you yeah, want to I, I think that this is why for me I mean my personal I mean my I've already voted actually by post <laughs> and I mean and I've, I mean I'm voting in the southeast region where we we had a green MEP and, a, and a, a very good Liberal Democrat MEP in the last parliament. Uh, so it seems to me that a vote for either the Lib Dems or the Greens is not a wasted vote in the southeast region. Now, it may be different in the region where you, the listener, are. Uh, so each, each, each region will have a different calculus. But um, for me, um, a, a, a vote for the Greens was not a wasted vote for once in my life. I had yeah, a vote that wasn't wasted. Yeah, and fuck telling you, fuck telling you that this is a, a vote to let, Sorry, a vote to let fuck, the far right in. Fuck off! Really? Absolutely, I've really outraged from the the rapidity with which Labour has pivoted um, to this line is, uh, is is really really unseemly and unpleasant. Gosh, it's, it's, it's it's really nasty. seriously shabby. Yeah, seriously very shabby, shabby indeed. I mean, it's it, yeah. it's really quite it's insulting voters. It really is. Which brings us nicely to tactical voting, actually. Yeah, so we've been, so we, we get, we um, have, we've had this discussion a couple of times, and, and we've sort of been fine tuning our thoughts on this um, each time. And what's ha what's been interesting in the meantime is that, firstly, I think a lot of people are already voting because I mean I, I've already voted, so postal ballots have arrived. Um, 
So people are going to be making decisions about this already. And the second thing that's interesting is that, have you seen this um, Gina Miller operation yes. where she's set up a website making, um, giving, offering advice to people on how to vote? Have you seen, have you seen it? Yes, but the advice, advice appears to be <laughs> a blanket Lib Dem. Vote Lib Dem. Well, yeah. it's, it's basically Plaid in Wales, SNP in Scotland, and Lib Dem in England, which I... Yeah, so that, that immediately uh, makes me uh, think that there's something a bit fishy about it, frankly, because um, we know that in certain regions of the UK, um, we, we have... Um, there's every possibility, uh, there's every likelihood that Green MEPs will be elected along with others. Yeah, the South West um, in particular. So to but simply say well, yeah. everybody in England should vote Lib Dem is, uh, well, I, I, I think that's unreasonable and also a bit fishy. So um, so yes. my, my, my advice, I mean, or my advice, I mean, what the, what the hell do I know? But what, what, what I'm telling people is uh, a continuation of where I was on this a, few, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think you should vote for a Remain candidate. I think we need to be we need to register remain votes and that means you can't vote Labour or Tory. Yeah. Or UKIP or Brexit Party. <laughs> well obviously. <laughs> so you need to be voting for one of the one of the remain parties. And in England that's the Lib Dems, the Greens or Change UK. And um And in Scotland is And in Scotland uh, is the SNP and in um yeah. or, or Greens or uh, or Lib Dems or uh, and in Ditto in, in, in Wales Mutatis Mutandis. I have yeah. no clue what's going on in Northern Ireland, but that's we're not covering that because that's a separate voting system. Um so in my region, which is the southeast, and in other regions um, with a, a large number of MEPs, so London, um, for example, yep. um, I think you're going to be uh, you're going to be you, you can get away with voting for whichever of those Remain parties you feel most represents you and your interests. Um, but in other regions, it, yeah, this is key. It's in regions with lots of yeah. uh, with lots lots of members, isn't it? Yeah. But in other regions, uh, you need to have a look at your region and see how many MEPs you've got and who won last time around. And if you're looking at a region where you've only got three or four and where the Lib Dems came second uh, in 2014, then vote Lib Dem. Or where, rather, where Lib Dems came ahead of the Greens. If the Greens came ahead of the Lib Dems in 2014, vote Green. Um, but of course, there's a, a bit of an issue with this, though, is that things are quite different to 2014. So... Um, what I think the whole thing's crying out for is re is good and reliable regional polling, but there just doesn't seem to have been much of an impetus. Well, there hasn't been. So we need to we need to offer advice on the basis that there isn't any um, good intel on that. And so that's why I say vote for the people that you believe in. But if you're in a region where you think you might only get one Remain MEP, uh, then you know go for whoever you think is most likely to win. And yeah. in order to do yeah. that, you have to base yourself on what happened last time. Now, last time, as yeah. you say, was anomalous, and also you didn't have change last time. Honestly, I think I'm, you have I'm, the local. I think you have the local. I think you have the local council elections as an indicator as well. Yeah, I mean, usually you usually you'd want to say that local council elections are are local and are only a partial reflection of uh, attitudes towards parties at national scale. But I think these ones, I have a sense that these ones, with mm -hmm. a few exceptions in individual constituencies, were different. Uh, 
I mean, the, the big, the big, um, the big joker in the pack is um, change because you, you simply don't know because there's no previous polling, and then we won't even yeah. in the local election, so you just don't know. So I mean, that's a bit of a gamble, which means in my in my risk averse mind, you're probably better off not voting for change um, and sticking with either yeah. the, the Greens or the Lib Dems. But I mean, like, that feels unfair. But there, there could potentially be an argument for change in places where uh, where Tories. Uh, where Tories are strong, in that um, Change UK are potentially more likely to attract Tories than uh, than others. Uh, but in in places where it's hard to see Change UK taking that many votes from uh, from the other Brexit parties. So, yeah, I mean that's probably yeah. fair. I mean, I, th- I would say that if you're a if you're a if you're a natural Labour voter, you're probably you're probably best off going with the Greens. Because yeah. in terms of when you look at their policies, I mean, <clears throat> there's the best match. Um, but if you're a traditional Tory voter, well, I think you then have a have a have a bit of a dilemma because I think both the Lib Dems and um, the Lib Dems won't thank us for saying this, but I mean, it seems to me that their natural constituency these days lies more on the left of the Tory party. Yeah, yeah. That's my well, well, no, but I mean, there's, there's certain, I mean, just at an objective li- level, there's certain things in common. You know that the uh, Lib Dems believe in a, a in a in a mixed economy, but are exactly. not a, but are not an anti-capitalist uh, anti-capitalist party, and wouldn't and yeah. wouldn't wouldn't claim to be. Well, they're economically um, liberal. I mean, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, certainly under um, in recent leadership, that's that's how they define themselves as economically liberal. Um, you know, if you want yeah, social I don't, liberal, un- then, I don't think that's unfair at yeah, all. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think? I mean, so yeah, that's it. And I mean, sorry not to just have a, a list of regions with an with an answer here, mm. um, but people do have to to some extent make up their their own minds about this and do their own research. Um, what I, yeah, and do their own mm. research. What I would say though is that you know the oh god I hate people who say what I would say though you pick if you watch politics enough you start picking up their yeah, no, uh, terrible isn't it picking up their habits it's just I'm horrible. quite clear on this Steve. oh the number of times I have to delete clear from a from a tweet <laughs> yeah. you know but yeah. they've been quite clear no delete um but anyway but but voting for any of those remain parties will maximize the will also maximize the overall remain vote. Uh, Remain vote, yes. which is important. I mean, somebody was making the point. Uh, I think was it uh, uh, Rayna Kay on Twitter the other day was making the point that under current polling, the Tories and the Brexit Party and UKIP have roughly the same overall percentage as the uh, the Tories and UKIP did in the last European elections. Um, so you know the idea that. Uh, you know the idea that there's going to be an overwhelming pro leave vote um, from the from the hard Brexit Brexit party for the hard Brexit parties is probably not going to come come true here. Um, the point is to max to, to the the point is to maximise the vote. Now you have to balance that against your view of your view of the candidates, and it's it's natural that people people should want people should want to do that. And over the. Uh, and and to balance that with your view of with the importance of getting of getting seats as, seats as well as votes, but it shouldn't be at the. My argument would be that it sh- it shouldn't be at the cost of the remain percentage. That's the point. You shouldn't prioritise seats I, over oh, oh, at the cost of the remain percentage. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that people are um, 
I think people are, are, are guilty of being like rabbits in the headlight when they look at um, Farage and the Brexit Party uh, and they look at the way that UKIP um, steamrolled everybody in, in 2014. Um, but, I mean, 2014 was a protest vote and, and, and it was different. And now we have um, a real uh, and, and very dynamic um, and energetic and angry uh, Remain yeah. uh, faction, pro-European faction, who are going to be voting. And hopefully we're going to have a much larger turnout. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we, look, the point is we simply don't know what's going to happen. And I think ultimately, instead of second guessing and, and, and trying to be excessively tactical, what I've been saying all along is vote, vote, you know, A, vote, B, yeah. vote with your heart. Um, for a Remain party. For a Remain party. Uh, and if yeah. you want to be tactical about it, then okay, go off and do your research. Um, but ultimately, if you, if if you find it difficult to hold your nose as a as a green and go and vote Lib Dem, or if you find it hard to hold your nose as a Lib Dem and vote, go and vote Green, don't vote for who you believe in. You know, because we don't yeah, know what will happen. So you know, treat it as a proper election. That, that, that's how democracy it should work. You know, we we're too, we have too much of this tactical stuff in this country because of our stupid electoral system, and it's a shame. People should vote with for what they want. That's what elections are supposed to be about. Yeah, and now we have a manifesto, isn't it? It's clear which parties are um, which parties are pro people's vote and which parties are pro remain, um, that, and that makes it uh, that makes it much easier as well. Um, the uh, someone else also made the excellent point. I thought that um, as essentially UKIP Brexit Party um, are the only ones running on a no deal ticket. What this election will actually do is show us the show us the appetite among the electorate for no deal, and it's likely to be 25, 30, 35%, i.e. not an overwhelming majority as some people would some people would have it. Mm. And it's not going to be an overwhelming majority. Mm. Um, so that's also a sort of uh, 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 a youth, youthful thing about about these elections. Oh, we have to accept that people are going to – it's going to be spun every which way until Wednesday. I mean, everybody's going to spin it. Um, and, and we know, unfortunately, that the media is dominated by people who generally tend to spin these things in favour of the shock. Um, uh, look at the far right taking over the world kind of angle because that seems to be what the um, media is, is, is primarily interested in is, is talking up which is not to say it's not a danger either no but, but look at look at for example look at the way that the uh, spanish election was reported you might yes, you, you, indeed, you, yeah. you could be you could be forgiven for thinking that that spain had just far right over by franco election, yeah. you know and mm. so that unfortunately and, and again look at look at for example question time uh, was it last night where farage was the only uh, MEP candidate on the panel, uh, and by far the dominant um, cover coverage is given to Farage and the Brexit Party uh, by the BBC and by news outlets. They're not talking yeah, about. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in reality, I, the you know the the Green um, movement the, 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 has a, a very wide, broad based um, appeal uh, and. There are all sorts of other, you know, other, other flavours of politics are available. You wouldn't. Well, know. Um, um, uh, uh, Scottish independent supporters will, if any, listen to the podcast, and I hope they do, um, will be screaming <laughs> that they've known this about the PPC well, we've all and the media yeah. and the media for for, for oh, years, sure, but absolutely. we didn't pay much attention to it when it was them, which is which is entirely true. I have to, yeah. Yeah. I have to say, um, and it, it was allowed to it was allowed to run absolutely rampant then, and uh, and we're seeing another side of it. Doing the same thing now, yeah, absolutely. 
No, I, I agree. Which, um, which, all this talk of spin brings us on to Lie of the Week yes. rather nicely, Chris. It does. Should I run the music? Nice segue. Do it. I don't believe you. So, lie of the week. Well, there's there's lie only the one. Week. There's only one that we can possibly yeah talk about. So and it's such a big one. It, it's <laughs> it's uh, now I voted in the I voted in the local elections for a Remain uh, party um, for a Remain candidate. Uh, actually, that's a lie. That's a Boris-style lie. I didn't because we didn't have local elections here. <laughs> Had I been oh, voting Chris. in them, that's, Chris, that's, that's really? the second lie of the week. Bloody hell! <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah. Well, you know, well, I do that's a Boris. credibility gone, isn't it? I can't believe you tried that on. Yeah, I, I've forgotten. I thought I had, but obviously, no. I would have. I would have voted for a Remain candidate had I had I had a vote in the local elections. Um, and why would and, you have voted for a Remain candidate? Well, obviously, because what I want Brexit would you to be trying to give. <laughs> Obviously, obviously, I'm only interested what, in voting what, for the <laughs> Remainers so that I can deliver Brexit. How else could you possibly could be, interpret it? What could be the any other possible explanation for people doing that? I can't think of a single one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's unleashed this sort of primal scream of anger and frustration it's like, what do you have to fucking do to show these people that you don't want a Brexit? What do you fucking have to do? But it's so obvious. It's so obviously a knowing lie as well. I mean, yeah. this is the, you know, sometimes people make mistakes. People, um, people spin things for their own benefit. They put their angle on it. They try to make bad things look good. You know, that's that's politics. You know, looking right at us in the, looking at the population in the eye and going. Yep, you voting against us meant that you we ha- want us to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if re- I mean, they don't believe they don't believe that either. And, and the ones who try to so obvious, yeah, and the ones who try to sort of brazen out, they'll say, "Well, look, you know, loads of loads of independent uh, councillors were elected," as if, yeah. Firstly, that's implying that all independent councillors are somehow pro Brexit <laughs> candidates in local <laughs> elections, which obviously isn't true. But even if every single independent gain were because people want uh, to, to deliver Brexit, it yeah. still pales into, into insignificance compared yeah. with the gains made by the Lib Dems and the Greens. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, so, I mean, I haven't got the figures to hand, but I, mean, I did look at the figures, and it's, it's about 10%, 20% of the gains yeah, made by the Remain parties. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and look at, look at what happened to the UKIP vote. So, you know, it's not as if people didn't have in many parts of the country, a pro-Brexit, a pro-Leave option, you know? So well, yeah, don't yeah. tell me, don't yeah. tell me that the local election results <laughs> were a signal that people want Brexit delivered. I mean, it's just so obviously incredible bollocks that it's, it's almost impossible to have anything to say about it, yeah. you know? When you put this in the programme notes of the live week, I was like, okay, what can we say about that? Mm, and said about there's, that. There's, there's, there's really nothing you can say about it. It's sort of Orwell, <laughs> Orwellian, mm. Orwellian doublespeak. Um, mm. You know, white is black, war is peace stuff. Um, Do you think this is obvious to most people? I mean, or is it only to a no. small group of Remainers where it's, it's obvious? 
No, I don't think it is. And I think this is a problem that we've had all along and which we've never addressed and which we don't know how to address either, if we're absolutely honest. The, the, this, and we've seen this with the, the fact checking and the calling out bullshit all mm. along, really, in that most people's lives are too busy to deal mm. with this. Mm. Um, and that's not, that's not a criticism of them in the least. Mm. Um, it's simply that, um, it's simply a fact. People's yeah. lives are far too, far too busy to deal with this. Mm. Um, I mean, if I, if I was doing something else instead of devoting my time to Brexit, then it probably would be for me as well to yeah. to go much deeper than the to go much deeper than the headlines and it's it's I know people get very annoyed <laughs> and say look people have to <laughs> people have a responsibility to avail mm. themselves of the facts and and that's a point as well people absolutely mm. have a, a, a civic responsibility to uh, to to try to do that mm. but honestly when you're trying to hold down two badly paid jobs and feed a family mm. and you know get the kids to school and do the washing and you know all the fucking things that everybody has mm. to, everybody everybody has to do. Um, it's extremely difficult to mm. do that, and mm. um, this is why simple simple messages and simple solutions to complex problems mm. are so are so powerful. Because mm. people say that say that seems like common sense, yeah. which it often does. And, um, except it's it's and not a sort of except it's it, it's not Occam's razor. If you look at the results of the, of the local elections, Occam's razor tells you. Well, I wonder. Well, I wonder if this one, because at a certain point you have to, at a certain point this this phenomena gets pushed too far, doesn't it? Because as you mm. say, it's not common sense anymore. Mm. Um, so, uh, so you wonder if this was the point at which people went, no, that's not because so many people participated. Well, in I mean, it. everybody. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just a little group of Remainers. Mm. Actually, it was a lot of people participating yeah. in it. Uh, Every, everybody I've spoken to just has reacted and also including people who are not 100% totally focused on it in the way that you and I are um, people, you know, family members at home and so on have looked at this and had exactly the same res response, which is what the fuck, how, how, what, what the fuck are they drinking to think that this is, but listen, before we leave the issue of uh, local elections, um, we should just say, uh, I want to say congratulations to your sister. Oh, thank you, Chris. Who thank you. was elected on a platform of delivering Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Unbeknownst to her, because she Remainer Lib Dem candidate, <laughs> apparently she was elected to the, because people wanted to deliver Brexit. <laughs> in South Shields. Well, where, where is she? Where, where? Sunderland, in Mill, Millfield in Sunderland. Mill and it, it, I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm so proud of her and so pleased for her and the team. Uh, she has an she has an amazing team. The Sunderland Lib Dem teams are very very good, very savvy, very good at targeting, um, and and good at getting the good at getting the vote out. And there was, I mean, I'm, there's no doubt, of course, that there was a uh, uh, that there's a, a huge local element to it. I mean, there's a Labour council that's widely seen as widely disliked in in in, in Sunderland as well. Uh, but 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 she didn't just scrape it. I mean, she absolutely. She she gave them an absolute hosing um, and got over over fifty percent of the votes. Wow! Just wow! Absolutely in, in UK elections, it's That's just absolutely incredible, yeah. Yeah. and a more than fifty percent swing as well uh, wow. for the for the Lib Dems. Wow! So no, I'm just super proud of her, and she's she's someone that um, uh, she really loves Sunderland. Mm. She really, really, really loves it, mm. um, and. Uh, she didn't just end up there. She lived there by choice, and she's mm. lived there a long time. She's from South Shields, and she's lived there for a long time. Um, 
and everything she does, everything she's done in her life has been entirely, entirely her, her own, her own achievements, mm. you know, um, and, uh, and she's, she's, she's made herself very successful and she, she'll just be a great advocate and she'll say bollocks to things that are bollocks, uh, and she'll call out bullshit, uh, and, uh, and she'll do her best, uh, and she'll do her best for, 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 for a place and for people that she, she really loves mm. and really cares about. I really couldn't be happier. I mean, I've been encouraging her to get into to get into politics for mm. for quite a while. Um, she wasn't. She didn't. We didn't. None of us grew up particularly politically politically <laughs> engaged. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, no. I'm just so unbelievably unbelievably proud of her. It's just it's just completely fantastic. I think what I admire most about well, there's lots of things I admire about Julia, but what I admire most about her is that she talks to everybody in the same way. Um, she talks to everybody, be they uh, senior management in multinational companies or uh, the guy in uh, the service station, uh, in, in, ex- in exactly the same way. And she mm. doesn't patronise anybody and she doesn't bullshit anybody. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I think, yeah, and I think there's a big lesson to be learned for, mm. for everybody that people do listen and engage when they talk to like human beings, mm. um, as opposed to uh, as opposed to voters or consumers or mm. uh, or economic units, you know. Mm. So, and uh, that's something I particularly love about her. Mm. So we could do a whole podcast on what I love about Julia. She'll be uh, she'll be she'll be bright red with, <laughs> with embarrassment at this. I know. So. <laughs> well, I haven't met her, but um, I'm I'm. Um vicariously proud on your behalf and, thank you uh, thank you yeah that's no, brilliant so well no yet again we're going to leave on a positive then yeah well it's europe day well it isn't anymore not not when people listen to this which is that you'd already made a slip up today by mentioning last night's news night which would have been tonight's news night but we're actually uh for 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 technical reasons we had to finish the podcast uh, the day after yeah uh, the day after Europe Day, so um, for our, our prior claim of recording this on Europe Day was only half true. We started recording it on Europe yeah, Day, yeah. mostly true. Yeah. Um, great. So yeah, we started positively and we finished positively. Absolutely. Unusual for anything in Brexit. So uh, next week's very exciting. I uh, hope to have um, uh, another guest on, uh, but we'll ah yes leave it there as a little teaser. But it's and, a very uh, good guest if we get. Yeah, yeah. If, if we get them on next week, it's a yeah. really excellent guest. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, but for now, let's wrap up. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for listening, everybody. And uh, hang in there. Be positive. And uh, happy Europe Day. Vote often, vote early. No, vote early, vote, off, vote often. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> we'll remain. Yeah. All right. Good night. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Going up